if anyone is, excuse me to use the word, not without gifts, it should be myself. I've never seen myself as a gifted person, rather as someone who lacks gifts. Yes. So, if that's how I think, then you, who are, many of you are so naturally you can see that there's something, there's some kind of gift about you, should be doing much more. Amen. Now, use the gift or lose the gift. Use the gift or lose the gift. Use the gift or lose the gift. What gift? The gift of God. Now, the gift that God is giving to you here in the First Love Church, right, is the supernatural things that he has bestowed upon you. It is the gifts on you that make you beautiful. In the realm of the spirit, it is what God has given to you that makes you nice. You see, it makes you nicer. When a bride is being taken in the traditional marriage, they come to her with gifts. And the gifts embellish you and make you beautiful. When Jesus was born, they came with gifts. Gifts that make the person not giftless. And it embellishes and makes the person nicer. And it's actually because of your gift that you can take your place at the table. The Bible says a gift makes room for a man. That's what the Bible says. A gift maketh room for a man. Scripture. Oh. A man's gift maketh room. Not a man's age. It's not a man's age that makes room for him. It's not your age that makes room for you. It's not your age. It's your gift. Your gift, there may be a table, only eight chairs around the table. Because of your gift, they organize another chair so you can you have to sit here sit at this table yes there is no love without gifts there's nothing like love without gifts it's God's love for you that makes him give you a gift and a man's love for a girl will make him give her some kind of gifts. Yes. 
have a song, spend some money. Yes. Yes. Take her out. So, it is that gift that I'm talking about at this camp meeting. And it's that gift that makes you take your place. It's not your age. If you are to follow your gift and the gift of God, you may be a very young person and an auntie will call you papa. Somebody who can give birth to you will call you papa. And you will call her my daughter, Auntie Teresa. Yes. By the gift. By the gift. You say my daughter, Auntie Teresa, and my, uh, my son, Uncle Jones. Yes. You say my son, Uncle Jones, is here. Yes. Because of the gift. So, it's not by age. It's not by age. It's not by education that you take your place in the room or that you take your place at the table of ministers. It's not by age. It's not by how many years I've been around, but it is by the gifts. I am, I am where I am because of the gift, but not because of my age. In fact, in Ghana, most of the charismatic pastors are in their 60s. I'm not 60 years old yet. But they are in their 60s. They are all older than me. Yes. They are my seniors. But those are, those are people that I relate with. And I take my place at the table, not because of my age, but because of the gift. Yes. And I'm explaining that you take your place in, at the table of ministry and at the table of the work of God, not by your age or by the money you have but by the gift of God. And so, in this camp, we are encouraging you to use the gift. To use the gift. And the more you use the gift, the more you use the gift, the more you take your place at a table sometimes with people that you don't even know how you are supposed to interact with such people. Are you with me? Yes. Sit down. Glory be to God.
Now, in the First Love Church, we have a lot of excited people. But you don't take, you don't take your place, you don't take your place by excitement. Yes. You don't take your place by excitement. You don't take any place at all by excitement or by being excitable. You, 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 don't, you don't occupy an important position and an important place by being happy or being excited or excitable or by, by dancing. You don't take an important place because you dance. It's nice to dance. It's nice to sing. It's nice to do all these things. But taking a place in the ministry and taking your real place in the house of God and the kingdom of God is by using your gift. It's only the gift that makes you nice. Without a gift, you have not. Look, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his son. So the love that God has when he's embellishing and, and bathing you in his love is giving you a gift. He's always giving you something. The Bible says he gave gifts to men. So it's, a, it's so important for you to rise up and use the gift. Like, focus on what, what has God given to me? What has, God, what has God placed in me? Because I said, being excited, shouting, clapping, doesn't make you position yourself. People don't understand our church. Sometimes we have dancing stars, this, that. But none of those, they think that, oh, maybe if you dance, uh, people will come to church. Or maybe if you sing like this, people will come to church. None of those things are the gift. It's because of the gift that there are those things. But that's not the gift. That's not the gift. So you take your place by your gift. Yes. Like you saw Keziah was singing just now. How come is she here? A gift. A gift makes you take your place. Are you listening? Your gift makes you take your place. Amen. So everyone here must rise up. Amen. And take your place through the gift of God. The gift that God has for you. Amen. Amen. Every standing. Just go back to your seat. Stand where, stand where your seat is. The gift of God would change your life from being a routine and normal, excuse me to use the word normal American, to something fantastic and something supernatural. Are you listening to me? Oh, yes. Lift your hand and ask God, Lord, I want to use my gift, the gift that you give to me. 
Meta Masatolomo Caparandali Mashatelebele.
Father, we are excited today. Thank you for the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. First Corinthians chapter 10. Now, I'm going to, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 first. Verse 10. He that has descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fail some. Amen. And verse 8 says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Amen. He gave what? He gave gifts unto men. Amen. Do you believe that he gave gifts to men? So as you are here, who did he give those gifts to? Which men? Yeah. He gave you the gifts. He gave everybody here the gifts. Unless you don't see yourself as part of the men. Yeah. You know, I, I say that to me, God has loved me twice. Yes. God loved me twice. He loved me by saving me. I don't know how I could be saved. That was the first time that he loved me. The second time that he loved me was when he, he put me in the ministry. Wow. It's the greatest gift and love that anybody can, God can give to me to put me in the ministry. Like all my life, I'm living my life doing, serving the Lord. Because by the time you get to the end of your life, you realize that all your colleagues, anyone who has achieved anything, basically, he got a house to stay in, he got a car to drive, he got money to feed himself, he got money to pay school fees. It's how life goes. That's basically the end of life. And it's actually quite meaningless. And that's why there's so much depression in rich nations. Yes. There's so much depression in rich countries. Yes, and then also suicide. Yeah. Suicide is a second killer in uh, young people. But there's so much meaninglessness to this life. And a lot of young people can see ahead that it's meaningless. Yeah. It's going to end up with nothing. It's just going to be, I do this, I do this, I do this, and then I'll go. <laughs> if you don't think far, you will not know. But if you start looking ahead, you realize... This is my future. <laughs> Just eat, drink, eat, drink. Go, come, go, come, go, come, go, come. And then you go off the world. Yeah. So, the meaninglessness of life is what God seeks to help you with. 
by loving you again. Everyone here is being loved by God again. After God so loved you and gave his son to die for you and save you. Now he's loving you again. Like Paul said, he has counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Putting me into the ministry. I mean, that's, 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 he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank God who has enabled me. You know, that he considered me to be a good person, faithful. And then he put me into the ministry. I just thank Jesus. So that's why I say this is to be loved twice. The first time is to be loved, to be saved. Because not everybody is saved. If you want to be very honest, see, a lot of people are not saved. A lot of people won't be saved. And a lot of people are not saved because, and will not be saved because they rejected God. And a lot of people have rejected God already in the realm of the spirit, even sometimes before they were born. Just like how God said, I knew you before you were born. So they rejected God before they were even manifested. Because, see, God made Adam and Eve. And male and female created them and called them Adam. So they were spirits when they were created. Remember, they were created in the image of God. Before then, they were manifested in the flesh and he took dust and made them. So you existed in the realm of the spirit before. So many people have rejected God already. And that's why they never respond. Oh, yes. I think I'll say these things to some other group. Yes. 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 Sit down, sit down. <laughs> so, God is loving you twice. And he says, he gave gifts to men. Now, I just want to ask the first love church, whether you are included in the people that God, this is the, this is the gift eh, after salvation, after giving you Christ. The gifts that God gave to men. That's it. This, this, this is the sprinkling of gifts to men. If you can receive it. If you can receive it. And the gifts are listed clearly. Look at it. To some, he gave apostles. I mean, these things are usually said to people in bishop schools or prophetic schools. But he gave some apostles and some he gave prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some he gave teachers. I mean, unless you are thinking that these 
things should be preached or taught to some other group. But if, but I'll tell you the group that it must be preached to. How many want to know the group? It's right there. It's right there. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. The group that are defined as people who had to receive these five sprinklings of gifts are listed there. He says, wherefore he ascended upon high and led captivity captive and gave gifts to Africans. He gave gifts to Bible students. He gave gifts to Europeans. He gave gifts to males. He gave gifts to females. He gave gifts to the elders. He gave gifts to long-standing members. He gave gifts unto men. Are you included in the men? Oh, yes. That means that out of all of us here, if you can receive it, if you can receive it, one or more, what's happening? One or more of these people, all right, one or more of these gifts, okay, are to be given to you. Yes, once you are included in the gifts of men, yes, once you are included in this group called men, then are you with me? One, two, three, four, five. You must have something for yourself. One, two, three, four, five. So that means that of the people standing here, you are either an apostle or a prophet. You are either an apostle or a prophet or a pastor, a teacher, or an evangelist. According to what we are reading in the Bible, that the gifts were given to men. I don't know which other group, if you can only give me a group. Is it elders? Is it Bible students? What group is it? Men. Men. So it means that everyone here, either you are an evangelist, you are a pastor, a teacher, an apostle, why would God give you, give to this person and not to you? Even I would be asking God, I know. I don't know why you're giving to this person and you're not giving to this person. 
You see now? So every single person here, I mean these five, don't talk about, oh, I have the gift of giving. Or I have the gift of helping. Or have, you see, don't try to extrapolate things. There are five things here. There are five things here. Five gifts that are being given. And if you can receive it, and if you can believe it, you get it. And you know, when I, when I look at my life, I realize that in different ways, all the five gifts I have enjoyed operating in all of them in different ways. Oh, yes. In different ways. Yeah. And I believe that every single person here, huh? Oh, no, he gave gift to the elders. He gave gifts to the UD. He gave gifts to QFC. He gave gifts to what? Men. Men. Are you one of the men? Yes, that's all. Yes. And that word men means human beings. Yes, human beings. So once you are a human being, that's it. You got a gift. Right now, you got a gift. Right now, you got a gift. Right now, you got a gift. You got a gift. Oh, yes. 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 That is why, you know, in the First Lab Church, we have young people who are bishops. I consecrated because I recognize what God is doing. He's not, he's not waiting. And I think there may not be that time. He's not waiting for people to grow up. And people say, oh, this one is mature. This one is older now. This one is whatever. By that, that time, they have pot bellies and they are tired. <laughs> Many of you are going to have pot bellies in future, but you don't know. Listen. You know that story. There was a baby hippopotamus. Is that how you say it? Hippopotamus. And she asked, he asked, she asked her mother, Mommy, why is your mouth so big? And the mother, hippopotamus, said, You wait and see. You will soon know why my mouth is so big. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm standing in the midst of apostles. Oh, yes. I'm standing in the midst of apostles. I'm standing in the midst of pastors. I'm standing in the midst of teachers. I'm walking near evangelists. I'm near prophets. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm surrounded by apostles. I'm surrounded by pastors. I'm surrounded by teachers. I'm surrounded by evangelists. This is amazing. This is amazing. I mean, this is God's love for human men, human beings. 
human beings, human women, after saving them, this is the love that he has for them. The love of giving gifts. And don't say, oh, I have the gift of doing hair. Or I have the gift of hairdressing or making uh, nails. Or I have the, the gift of doing makeup. And that's my for preparing people for their weddings. And that's my gift. Nonsense. That is not in these five gifts. My gift is to play the keyboard. No, 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 no. I have a musical gift. I'm talking of five gifts that he gave to men, human beings. Five gifts that he gave to human beings. Oh, I have a gift of uh, teaching in the classroom. Um, I teach physics. I teach biology. I have a gift of being a biology teacher. I have a gift of carpentry. I have a graphic design gift. Where did you get all these distortions from? There are five gifts that he said when he ascended, he gave to men, just poured it out on men. Yes. Gift of photography. There's, there's no, he, he didn't give the gift of photography. He, he gave men ashes. He gave it be ashes. He gave the gift of dancing stars. myself at what I'm, what, I, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm reading from the Bible to you. He actually loved you for the second time and then gave gifts. Oh, yes. I mean, somebody, supposing somebody came to say, oh, oh, thank you for the gift. So what was the gift? Oh, so I received some uh, noodles. Noodles? Have you given any noodles to anybody? He said, but you have written a long letter thanking me for noodles. I have not given you noodles. Maybe you went for lunch, they gave noodles. You were trying to make it out that I've given a gift of noodles. Or Indomie. I don't know if you have Indomie here. (laughs) What is it called here? Kwame, Rami, Rami. How do you spell it? Ramen, ramen noodles. Oh wow! <laughs> so you call it what? Ramen, ramen noodles or ramen? Oh yes. And you are thanking me for ramen noodles. Never, I've never given anybody ramen noodles. I, I don't even know what it looks like. So God, sometimes God is wondering, oh God, thank you for the gift of photography. What are they saying? Oh God, thank you for the gift of a dancing star. 
saying, just sister, I've not given anybody ramen noodles. They are thanking me and worshiping me for ramen noodles. Oh God, thank you for the gift of ushering. I'm so glad that you've anointed me as an anointed usher. Lord, I'm not the deputy head usher. I love you, Jesus. And God is sitting there saying that I gave only five, five gifts. I gave apostles, I gave prophets, I gave teachers, I gave evangelists, and I gave pastors. And they are thanking me for ashes. They're thanking me for keyboard, uh, playing keyboard, and guitar, guitar, and sound control. Lord, thank you for making me a sound engineer. Oh, I worship you for making me a sound engineer. The gift of a sound engineer. What you must realize is that, you see, without faith, you cannot please God or serve God or move forward. You have to actually believe, because you, you may look at yourself and say, me? Apostle of what? Me? Prophet of where? Where did I become a prophet? Me, a pastor? How would I be a pastor? Me, a teacher? I, 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 I am even afraid and ashamed to stand up in public. And you are saying I'm a teacher? How would I be a teacher? I remember years ago, I went to see a brother after service, after church, specifically for one thing. I said, pray for me. I have one problem. I cannot stand in front of people to talk to them. It's my greatest problem in this world. Yes. Yes. Those of you who know Ghana, there's a church called Red Church. Well, I went for a fellowship meeting, a meeting there, and it was, I think, in the afternoon. And I went to see him. I knelt down in the church, and he laid hands on me and prayed for me. This is my problem. And you say that you are called by God. And my problem was to stand in front of people and then talk. Ah, 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 ah. No. No. Look at what I'm doing. So... You must, it, it takes faith. I mean, if I call you apostle, even I have to have faith when I look at you. I, come, come, come. I stand here. Stand. I said, this is, this is, your name is what? Latina. Huh? Latina. Latina. I said, this is apostle Latina. Or this is prophetess Latina. Or teacher Latina. Or pastor Latina. You see, even I need faith. When I look at her, I need faith. girl, how is she a prophetess? How is she an apostle? Of, how does she become an apostle? It's amazing. But without faith, you cannot please God. 
Without faith, you cannot, you cannot walk. But we walk by faith. You can't even take the... That means you can't take the next step unless you have faith. You have to believe things. You have to believe a lot of things. To serve God, you must believe things. You must think that God is telling the truth and that somehow it must be true and that some way, somehow, it will happen and somehow you are either an apostle or you have a gift of an apostle or a prophet and you see, it is, your, it is your faithlessness that makes you say, I have a gift of what? Photography. Come, photographer, come. Yes. I say, if I look at this guy, if I look at this guy, and I say, this is apostle, your name is what? Covenant. Covenant. I said, this is apostle Covenant. He looks more like photographer Covenant. And you say that he's in the health ministry. But you'll be surprised at what is this person standing here holding this thing. That this is, if you can receive it. That's why when, Jesus, when John the Baptist came, Jesus said, if you can receive it, that's Elijah. So how is Elijah? What is Elijah? He said, if you can receive it, it's up to you. And that's why Jesus kept on saying, you are from above, you are from below. From above, you are familiar. You don't know a lot of things. And I believe, I don't know how many people are here today, but I believe if there are 200 people here, if there are 500 people here, I'm standing in the midst of 500 either apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. That's the truth. And if you die without fulfilling these, you, you have yourself to blame. But it's not that God didn't call you or God didn't give a gift or God didn't bestow gifts. Unless, oh, God bestowed gifts on men except. Except who? I, I don't know where they are. Except who? Except who? Yes. So without faith, you're never going to become what God wants you to become. And you see, years ago, I sensed God wanted me to be um, a pastor and to teach the word. So, I spoke a lot about shepherding. Yeah. And as a young person, very young, I was into shepherding, looking for people, and I learned all I could about it. Yes, I've given myself to listening, learning, reading, finding out about shepherding, about pastoring. Both in Swahili and in Yoruba languages, there is only one word for shepherd and pastor. It's the same word. There's no two different words, shepherds and pastors. Shepherds are called pastors in Swahili. And shepherds are called pastors in Yoruba, Nigeria and Kenya. And it's the same thing. To look after people is to look after sheep. So I studied it. And that's why there are books on shepherding. Because if you just believe that God wants you to be a shepherd... You will give yourself to it 
and there will be so many things you discover about being a shepherd. If God has called you to be a prophet, there are so many things about being a prophet, about seeing, how to see, how to understand dreams, how to interpret dreams, how to prophesy, how to know, how to perceive, how to smell in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit. But you see, it depends on what you believe. As soon as you start believing that one of these things is true, as soon as you start believing that just one of them is true, that it's either apostle, it's either a pastor, either a teacher, either an evangelist, either a prophet, if you, as soon as you start believing, you start taking your steps towards becoming what you believe the gift is. And so I don't feel any particular, you don't have to feel. Feelings take a long time to come in the realm of the spirit. It takes a long time to happen. Even those of you who have had sex, you'll find out that it takes a long time for feelings to come in sex. Oh, yes. I mean, you must be way out into the sea to know, to have certain feelings from a certain time onwards. You must be, I mean, a veteran. Oh, yes. You are way out at sea. Too far from the land. It takes a long time for feelings to come. Feelings will come and then the feelings will go. Yes. That's why many of the married people are not interested in sex. If if, if the feelings even came and then they went very quickly. Oh, yes. Believe all the things we are saying. It's all advice and counsel. Yes. It's advice and counsel. It just as it takes a long time for feelings to come and feelings to go, uh, it takes a long time to have feelings in the ministry. The truth is the truth. The reality is the reality. Yeah. But it takes time before you have the feeling that I'm a pastor. It takes a long time before you may have a feeling that I'm an apostle. It takes a long time for you to even feel that you are a prophet. But whether you are or not, it's whether you are, if you are having sex, it's how you are having sex, whether you have feelings or not. It takes time for feelings to come. Feelings, it may, it may even be painful. I think I'm talking to the wrong group of people. Yeah? I think I'll, I'll say this somewhere else. I'll stop. I think I'll stop. feelings you are looking for? Then you may wait till kingdom comes. I don't feel the pastoral grace. Me too, I don't feel the pastoral grace. I also don't feel the pastoral grace. I don't remember the last time I felt the pastoral grace. I don't feel the prophetic anointing. You don't feel the prophetic. You know, one time I was watching Benny Hinn, and um, 
he was about to preach on a, either steps to the anointing or some other something. As he was preaching and he was talking, he was saying, he started to ask them about whether they were going to have lunch or something. Like he's feeling hungry. You know? oh, yes. I was surprised. I was, I was thinking that the anointing this cup is, oh, the, the feeling that he's having is hunger. If you are waiting for a feeling of a prophet, the feeling of a pastor, it may come, but you'll be surprised that it takes such a long time. But if you believe, if you believe, faith is the assurance of things you hope for. So as I am here telling you that God gave gifts to men, you have to hope greatly that you'll be one of those people who God is giving gifts to. You have to believe in it, hope in it, and develop an assurance in yourself that I am one of the apostles, I am one of the prophets, I am one of the pastors, I am one of the evangelists, I am one of the teachers. Oh, yes. And truly, you will see that of this group here, eh, that in the next 10 years, people will wonder, so where did you come from? Where did you come from? How come you've become what you have become? How come you are doing all these things? I mean, you are just a woman. I mean, you are not even, I mean, like a, whatever, a man with a wife and three children and so on doing whatever. I mean, you're just a single girl. And I, you, are, you are so, men, men who are your uncles come and you call them my son. My son, Uncle Tom, is here. And Uncle Tom says, hey, Uncle Tom, you are welcome. Uh, my son, Uncle Tom, you are welcome. My, my daughter, Auntie, Auntie Mama, Mama Maria. And she's far older than you. She's your mother's friend. You are calling her my daughter. forward is if you have faith. This is the only way to move forward is to just believe. You believe with the dryness, with the absence of feeling, absence of whatever. You just believe and then you keep on and you'll be shocked at who you are. You'll be shocked at what you've become. You'll be shocked at what God makes you and turns you into yes, by having faith in God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Shall I stop? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everyone, everyone who is here, everyone who is here, 
is included in this my verse, Ephesians 4 8. He gave gifts. You are one. Oh, yes. You are included. It's going to happen practically. Many years ago, I called a brother. I told a brother, I said, why is it that, or I, I don't know whether it's said to God, nothing that I do grows. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing grows. Has it grown? It's grown. But I, before it grew, I was included in the people who complained that nothing grows. How many have ever complained that it doesn't grow? Huh? Am I talking to the right people? Maybe I'm talking to myself. Maybe I'm just, I'm just, I mean, having fantasies and just. Oh, yes. I'm included in the people who said, why is it that nothing that I do grows and everything is small? And I'm sure this is my Hawaiian apostle here will be thinking to himself, why is it that nothing grows? <laughs> oh, yes. I hope every girl here believes what I'm saying. You believe it? Yes. Believe it. As you, there are many roles that will be taken by girls. There are many women who are both mothers and fathers. They are both mothers and fathers. I'm not trying to make women feel happy. It's true. They are both mothers and fathers. They are forced to be. Because there's no lover. And there's no father. So they are both mothers and fathers. And in the ministry, there are many girls that are going to be forced to stand clearly as apostles, Amen. preachers, Amen. and teachers. Amen. Oh, yes. And if you marry, I'll teach you how not to be a dragon. That's a completely different ministry. To be a wife. It's like somebody who's gone out wearing jeans and whatever else you wear, your jacket or whatever. And you come home into your bedroom. You don't wear your jeans and the jacket that you used to go to the bank, to the office, to work. You don't, you don't use that, those. You have to change completely into a completely different type of clothes and then operate as an operator. Yes. I think I'll say this to an older group because those here are too young for what I'm saying. 
I'll stop what I'm saying. So when you become an apostle, and then you have to be a wife as well, you have to completely change the garment. Yes. Because you can't be an apostle to your husband. You are not an apostle to your husband. He never needed an apostle. He needed a wife. apostle to a man. He needed a help, not an apostle. You can be an apostle to a nation. But you need to take off all those things and put on a new garment. I think this, this group doesn't understand what I'm talking about. This side. Okay, I'll move to this side. It's like it's too deep for this. Group. I have to go deeper on this side. There's more response on this side. Okay, sit down. Sit down. So now, we are going to see how to develop all these different aspects of your ministry. Oh, yes. Now, how will you know how will you know what, because we have to start with one of these five. I think once you've accepted, there's nothing like the gift of photography. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure there is, maybe there is, but I'm, the ones that when he was giving gifts to men, there were five of them. And these are the five that I needed to focus on. Now, how will you know which one? How many want to know how you will know which? Yes. Yes. Now, I don't want to sound uh, spooky. But how do you know which girl you should choose? Yes, yes, you. Somebody is bringing a revelation, yes. How do you know which girl? No, no, the young man, yes. <laughs> I'm listening. Hello, prophet. Uh, Hi. How do you know which girl you should like? How do, how do you know which girl you should, you should, you should choose? Of all the many nice girls. This one, this one. You look at this one. <laughs> um, 
based on her faith in the Lord. Faith in the Lord. Criteria, any any other for choosing a girl, choosing a girl. Uh, being clean and put together, like Heidi. How, how do you know which which girl to marry? this side. Okay, check. Yes. Oh, the, the face, you know, she has to have, you know, nice eyes. And eyes. Now, in the same way, you have to look at the apostles' ministry, the prophets' ministry, the pastors' ministry, the teachers' ministry, the evangelists' ministry, and see which one has curves and eyes. I think I'll stop. I think I'll stop. Sit down, sit down. and eyes. Now what what this brother doesn't know is that in the science in the science, the science of attraction, curves and eyes are determined types of attraction. Yes. You see, if I take your face, 
and I put it on the computer. And I just change different things on the face, the curves and the eyes. <laughs> you see how one person changes. I'm sure you've seen it on a movie before. They just do something and the person's face keeps changing. It's the same face, just little things. And it is those things which scientifically cause people to notice, depending on what is in them that is attractive to that, or that's attractive to that sort of thing. Yeah. So they are, they are very, but you can't easily tell why, why you like somebody. Yeah. Because there are, there are some people that are just attractive to you without having, I don't mean lust, just, you just notice them. Yes. And beauty eyes lies in the eyes of the behold. That means that everybody has something unique that is sort of noticed. And that's why sometimes when you choose a beloved or you choose who you want to marry, you sometimes shouldn't really ask somebody, be fine or no fine. Because the person may not have that eye for those calves and those eyes. So when the person, when you say, if fine or no fine, which means is it nice or it's not nice, the person may be quiet and you become discouraged. Or the person will just say, if you are happy with me. If you like, if it's nice, it's nice. I hope I'm not just talking to myself. Like maybe I'm just ranting and raving. And so everyone here has noticed certain things about an apostle, about a pastor, about a teacher, about an evangelist, about a prophet. And you've noticed it. In the realm of the spirit, God is calling you to that thing. That's why the Bible says, if any man desires, First Timothy 3, the office of a bishop, that's a very good thing. Once you start desiring, you see, it means your eye has picked it. Your eye has selected it. And as far back as when I was in my 20s, or maybe even when, maybe when I was even a teenager, my eye settled on a pastor. You see, I, I, I was attracted to Fred Price. Fred Price, you know Fred Price, he died during a pandemic. Yeah. A pastor in Los Angeles. I was attracted to him. I noticed and I was attracted. Although I was listening to Kenneth Hagin, but I didn't know what, what that was. But he was, I was attracted to what he was doing. Yeah. I wanted to be a pastor and a teacher. And he always introduced himself, Pastor and Teacher Frederick Casey Price. And I always, it was so nice to me. I also wanted to say, Pastor and Teacher Dark Heward Mills. 
What I'm saying is that what your eye settles on as this thing is nice, you see, it, it shows already that God has called you. Are you there? And perhaps that is the gift that he's sprinkling on you. Amen? Amen. Are you listening to me? Oh, yes. It shows that that is a gift that he's sprinkling on you. Yeah. But I'll tell you that if it doesn't need faith, then it's not from God. Well, when I say if it doesn't need faith, like you are so far from it that it looks funny. Do you see? That you will be any of those things. Yeah. Because it will need faith. Yeah. You know, I remember when I stood on the stage to start the first healing Jesus crusade. If you ever have a chance to look at it, you see somebody told me the other day that he went and looked at it. But when I stood on the stage at the, on the pulpit, the very first crusade we had, I mean, it was like a homecoming. When I stood on the stage and I was in a tent, I just laughed to myself and smiled. I said, I'm healed. I'm healed. That's 20 years ago. I laughed. I said, I'm here. Evangelism. The evangelist. I'm standing there. It's happening. Practically and truly. So that has been my goal. My goal has not been a goal to become something. But God showed me that attraction. And I believe that these five gifts, I mean, he gave them to men. And, uh, you know, one time I was asking God, I said, look, you know, I want something from you. You know, I don't know. Based on this and that and that, this is what I'm looking for. I'll, I'll pray, I appreciate if you do something for me. <laughs> I'll not tell you what it is. But I tell you, the more you are attracted to spiritual things, the more you will see them. And earthly things will not be what you are looking for. Yeah. So I pray that in this camp meeting, apostles will see their way forward. Prophets will see their way forward. Evangelists will see their way forward. And pastors and teachers will see their way forward. And become what you are supposed to become. In the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Now, how many find it difficult to believe that you can ever do any of these things? Only six people. Okay. Beautiful. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. 
are not believing. Because, you know, faith is the most important quality that we need. You know, recently they did a, a, a documentary on how the ministry began. They played it during the pandemic. Right. When I look at it, I, I feel to myself that I, I really had faith. Hey, this is the thing that I'm doing. I said, hey, how did I believe in all this? I mean, there was nothing. And I was moving on. Yes. There was nothing and I was moving on. This is your chance to exercise faith and use faith. You know, one time I had um, an experience with, actually with uh, some people. Um, I trusted those people. I loved them. Enjoyed them, worked with them, did various things. Then one day, I found out that they, they were disloyal or treacherous or whatever. Then one of them said, oh, I'm so sorry about this, about that, and all that. Give me another chance. And I said, sure. I give you another chance. But it takes many years to prove that to prove something. It takes years. And I said, at my age, you are going to need another 20 years to prove that you love me. Yes, because you've proved that you didn't love me. <laughs> and thrown away 20 years of opportunity. Let's say 20 years. So now if you want me to trust you again in the same way that I trusted you, you need another 20 years because it takes many years. And unfortunately, life has gone by. And I don't know whether we're going to have 20 years to prove anything. Because life has just gone. We are, I'm no more, let's say, at your age. So for you to, for you to prove, no, 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 for you to prove that you love me, you're going to need maybe 20 years, because it's been 20 years. And I don't know, but 20 years I'll be over, over 80. Or 80 or whatever. Now by that time, in 10, I'll now know that you love me. <laughs> then we can now start. Now, that's the story. The story I just told you is a hypothetical story, but it's a story of your life. When you get to heaven, and you see Jesus in his glory. And you see how real he is. 
and you see how all the things you believe are so true. And you say, oh, I really love you, Jesus. I want you to try. I, I, I am so amazed. Your glory, you are so wonderful. You are so awesome. You are so beautiful. Okay? And I want, you know, just give me a chance to prove. I said, no, the chance has gone by. It was when you were on earth all that time. And now that earth is finished, there's no more like opportunity to show I love you. Yeah. So as I also look at this uh, fellow of the fellows, I said, you love me? You like me? You believe in me? But based on all this, you didn't love me? You didn't believe in me? You didn't show me that love. Okay, I'll give you a second chance. But the truth is that by the time we get through the 20 years, I'll be 80. I don't know whether I'll be actively working in the ministry and I'll leave your services or whatever it is you have to offer. So you've, you've lost the chance. Yeah. Now everyone is going to find out that Jesus is glorious. That Jesus is beautiful. That Jesus is real. That heaven is real. It has to be real. We back everything on it. We banked all our lives on it. Yeah. And everyone's going to find out it's all true. But when you find out, they say, ah, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. You are so great. You are so wonderful. You'll just say, please, get up, get up. You worship me, Jesus. You love me. You believe in me. It's easy to believe when you see. So this is the only chance you have to believe to believe things. And it is when you believe, it's when you believe, when you can't see that you can show that you believe something. But when you can see, there's nothing to, 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 to prove God. It's all there. You know, one time Stevie Wonder came to our church. And... Um, You know, he was downstairs in the office with me and all that. But it was when he came, when, when we had a church service, and then he, he was there. And we said, oh, why does he just, you know, play something or sing something be before he goes? Because, I mean, you don't know when he'll be around. So he, he went on stage, and he played, and he sang something. Now, when he played, you see, the, the greatness of Stevie Wonder it's not in like, he's maybe he's a better pianist than these guys here. Do you see? That he's like, he's better on the piano than all these guys. Or because, but the greatness of this man is in the fact that he cannot see. You see? And then you who can see, you, you can't play the notes properly. You get what I'm saying? And you who can see, you can't see that you are about to play C sharp. Instead, you don't even know what C sharp is or what is D sharp or G sharp or G flat. But he who cannot see, is it, that's what makes him so great is that he cannot see but he can do. So the reason why we will be higher than angels 
is that we've been put in a world where we cannot see. So as we are doing great things for God, the greatness of it is that we, we, we can't see at all. And God rarely gives glimpses of the real world. You see, this is not the real world. <laughs> How could this be the real world? If you were God and you were making a world, why would you make a physical world which is not the real world, and which is the real world, and stay in an unreal world? Have you thought about it? Why would, if you were God, why would you make a world that is a real world, and he, God, will remain in the spirit as a spirit world, in a spirit world, and remain as a spirit, whilst he makes you a human being to be in the real world. Now, this is not the real world. <laughs> That's the real world out there. Yeah. He rarely gives us glimpses into that world. That is why when somebody has a chance to see, have a glimpse into the realm of the spirit and see some of these things, it's a real treasure. And for whoever he gives those glimpses, we're always interested to know what is it that the Lord has showed and that he's showing. Yeah. So that's why Kenneth Hagin, for instance, is so great to me because I was interested to, to hear what Jesus said to him. To know that Jesus is real, that he, he sat down and talked to him about his ministry for two hours. Yeah. And he was just talking to him about his ministry and what he had called him to do. And that Jesus will sit down with you and sit with you and discuss your work and the ministry that he's given to you and tell you things to do and answer some questions. And it's fantastic. But rarely do we have such things. Yeah. Rarely. Yeah. So it's very important, you know, that we have faith. And I'm, I'm, I'm only saying to you, have faith that there is a real gift. Feeling or no feeling? Feeling or no feeling? Just to have faith. As soon as you have faith and you believe in it, you've taken one step forward. The next step forward, and it's also, that's why I said, it's what's attractive to you. Ranad Bronke has always been attractive to me. Always. From the day one I heard of him, I saw him. I've always been Reinhard Bronke. He said man. He has always been attractive to me. He has been wonderful to me. God made me like him. God made me attracted to him. God put it in me to like what I see. Yes. <laughs> That's why I ask you, how do you know who you should marry? Sometimes I see people who say, oh, just recommend somebody to me, I'll marry the person. As I wonder, I say, hey. You know, one day I visited, I visited a lady, and uh, she was a wife of, uh, she was a wife of um, a man. And she said to me, she said to me, she said to me, I have to, I have to drink before I can have sex with my husband. She said, I have to get drunk 
If I'm not drunk, I cannot do it. Because I don't love him. Yes. He said, I have to be drunk. So that I'm not aware of what is going on. Oh, yes. Are you listening to me? So, I need you to have faith that Unlike this lady who has who, who has got what she doesn't like, that's why she has to drink. I don't have to get drunk before I can preach. I, I don't. I, normally, I'm happy to just talk about God and about His Word. I don't need to go to be high. So because I, I'm not happy to be doing what I'm doing, I'm happy to do what I'm doing. I'm happy to say I'm a medical doctor, fully qualified and licensed to work. But I'm happy to be, it's, it's attractive to me. I believe, what I'm saying, I believe, you know, when this church started years ago, you can ask those who were there in New York, Manhattan, 42nd Street. Yes, 42nd Street. There we were with five people. I really believe, I said, I'm going to share with you why Lighthouse must be in North America. And I gave them seven points. Number one, number two, number I really believe in it. I believe that's why I've come from Ghana. I've come to start the church. It's something I believe in. And look at all of you. You are some of you are children of the people who were there in nineteen ninety what? Ninety-five. Yes, nineteen ninety-five. How many were not born in nineteen ninety-five? Yes. They were not born. Raise your hand if you were not there in 1995. How many were less than five years old? Either not born or less than five years old. Yes. Oh, yes. And I can tell you, with only five people, it looked very impossible and strange that this church can ever be in this country on 42nd Street. Or what floor? No, no, no. We, the one at the 43rd Street. We started at 43rd. Yes, so how, how, which floor? No, no, no. Very high. It was high. Yeah, very high up there. How can even anybody find his way to 43rd Street and then find which of the skyscrapers and then go up to the 43rd floor to find the church. And I'm saying that the church has come to stay and we are going to build and have, I mean, members here. Hey, it's the same thing that I'm talking to you and I'm telling you that I am walking in the midst of apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers an evangelist, I mean, you will wonder that what are you saying? If what I'm saying didn't need faith, then you know that it's not from God. But because you need faith, that's how come you know that it's from God. Because you need faith to believe. You have to actually say, hey! How many would agree with me that it's easier to say that I have a gift of being a pianist and a gift of being a guitarist and a gift of being a photographer? 
much easier. Much easier. Yes, gift of assurance. Oh, yes. You don't need much faith for that. Amen. Lift your hand and just thank the Lord. Father, I thank you for the amazing congregation that is here at this camp meeting. Oh, yes. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for faith. Oh, yes. Thank you for faith. Thank you for faith. Thank you for giving gifts. We like the gifts. We thank you for the gifts. We want the gifts. And we, we are grateful that we need faith for this great endeavor. We are grateful, dear Lord. Thanks for blessing us. Thanks for reaching us. Thanks for including us in this great work. We give you praise. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when I was preaching, I heard somebody say, that's why we came. That's the right thing to say. I heard somebody say, you are teaching us. We are listening. That's the right thing to say. Yes. I heard somebody say, we want it. That's the right thing to say. Keep saying the right thing. And the thing will keep coming towards you. I heard somebody say, we love it. Yes. We need it. I heard somebody say, we need it. I heard somebody say, that's why we came. I heard somebody say, go deeper. I heard somebody say, this is wisdom. This is God. Keep saying the right things. Oh, yes. Because you are anointed apostles and prophets and pastors teachers. Yes. You know, Paul said, you are my hope, you are my crown. Yes. And I'm telling you, as we all get nearer the finishing mark. You, you can see that we 
you can easily say something like that. Yes. In Second John, verse four, it says, "I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth." Huh? I rejoice greatly. Wow. Another one says in Third John, verse second, Third John, verse three, "I rejoice greatly." When the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Yes, I have no greater joy. Wow. Amazing. And I know you are going to walk in the truth. You know, when you walk in truth and you love God and you, you fix your heart on what he wants and what he's given you, all the earthly things that people uh, want and desire, they, they will become nothing to you. You know, since I've been serving the Lord, I mean, I've seen the things that are fantastic to people. Hotels. I don't know which hotel I've not stayed in. I once stayed in a hotel. It was $5,000 a night. Yes. $5,000 a night. You know, and when I say $5,000, I mean, I don't know if it's not that. To me, it's a lot of money. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's not a lot of money to you, but. And you know, shh, I had an argument with, with my wife because of this. Because she told me the cost, the people that were hosting us, the cost of the room, and that she had seen it. And then she, she, I mean, because it was, it's on the reception, on the reception. You know, and I told her, I asked her what she had in maths and <laughs> statistics, like whether she, she passed. It was a whole argument because she was insisting that it was, that is the figure. I said, it can never be. <laughs> she, but I was wrong. And she was right. I went myself and I collected the thing. And I realized that even though she was not good at math, she was right. <laughs> I've seen all of them. Oh, yes. Every, everything that you cannot imagine. And as they happen, they just, it's like nothing. Because your eye is rather fixed on Fulfilling that wonderful gift that God has given to you. It's amazing. I'm standing in the midst. That's what I hear. I see and I hear it in the realm of the spirit. I'm standing in the midst of apostles. 
I'm standing in the midst of great people. Amen. Standing in the midst of apostles. Amen. I'm standing in the midst of apostles. Amen. An apostle is sent. Sent to build churches. Sent to preach. Sent to teach. Sent to do the work. I'm standing in the midst of prophets. One day somebody will call you a prophet and will tell you that the things you said happened. That's the, and that's the reason why the person is calling you a prophet. That the things you said, it happened. It all happened. Yeah. And you say, me a prophet. You laugh. Oh yeah, you laugh. You say, me a prophet. You be like, yeah, it's happening. Practical. Sit down. When you have true riches, earthly riches which are nothing, leave you dry and they are no more attractive to you because you have real things. That's why I don't do things for money. Yes. You rarely see me doing anything that has a financial benefit. <laughs> you rarely see me doing anything that has a financial benefit in doing it. Yeah. Amazing. And yet, in spite of that, there's nothing that God has kept back from. The first time somebody sent a, the first time somebody sent a private jet to come and pick me to go and preach. Yeah. You know, and I was sitting in this private jet and we were flying at top speed. Because in the in the private jet also in the private they also have a monitor which shows the speed, the distance where you are going. And we're sitting there. I said, "Wow, it's amazing. It's like they are nothing to you." Yeah. Yeah. Everything that people have put their hopes and their lives on, it becomes like trash to you. That's why you are walking. I'm telling you. I wish I would rather. One of the greatest things that I'm on is to fulfill my apostolic ministry. Like my church building and church establishing. That's, that's why I'm here. I'm not here. I'm not here for any other reason. I want, to, I want the church. I want the church to be established and strong and stronger in America. Yes. And greater. Yes. That's, that's the reason I'm here. Yes. That's the reason I'm here. Oh, yes. Am I talking to myself? We are here. We are here. We are here. 
Say keep talking. Say keep preaching. Say reach out to me. Reach out to me. Say you are reaching me. You are reaching me. church here is going to be amazed. You know, when we first started a church in Switzerland, which is the first branch, Geneva, first branch of our church ever. Today, the son, one of the sons of one of those early members, he's the bishop. We have a first love bishop. Yeah, he is. His mother and his father are still in the church. Yes, his mother and his father are still in the church. And the first love church in Geneva, the pastor is the son of one of our late presidents, one of our pastors. Yes. Oh, yes. So in America, you see, some of you, are the, people will see you, they say like that, they'll, 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 they'll be calling you Prophet John or Pastor this. Or apostle, so and so. I said, hey, what a small boy. They said, a small boy is whatever. I tell you, it's not by age. You take your place at the table because of the gift, not because of your age. Because the Bible gives us the reason why people take their places at the table. The gift makes the room. So even when there's no room, there's only eight chairs. Three here, three here, that's six. One here, one here, that's eight. And you've come because of your gift. Uh, Can you move a bit? Can you move a bit? Get a chair, get a chair. And they arrange themselves. How many have seen it happen before where they made a rearrangement and added somebody to the table? And what is the reason for that? It's the gift. And I gave you the five gifts. No photography gift. No video gift. Ushering gift. Sound engineers. All of you sound engineers and all of you ushers, security guys, listen very carefully. Boys and girls. Boys and girls. Because these days we are not even differentiating between boys and girls. And you see... Just as, the, that, just as that is being done in a certain realm, in the church realm too, that distinction, the boy and the girl, we have to take it off male and female. It's just Christian and anointed and apostle and prophet and pastor and teacher, not girl or boy. Oh, yes. not be saying, I mean, we'll not be saying, uh, what do you call it? Even sister or whatever. They, they, they will not know who, who, who it is. Yeah, just, I mean, the, the, the prophet. The prophetess. Or the prophet. is here. Masata, but the gift has arrived. 
And you know, the reason why First Love Church started is because there is a certain intimidation that comes from grown-ups. So that's when you see a grown-up, you know that this grown-up, when they said 1995, were you born? And realize that you were not, not that you were even, you were young, but you were not born. So because of that, you are intimidated. That's why we formed the First Love Church, because in the First Love Church, you will not get people easily asking you, in 1995, where were you? <laughs> because all the people were not there in 1995. Yeah. But gradually, because of your gift, you see that one day, you see somebody who can be your father. And you say, Uncle Tom, my son, Uncle Tom, is here today. Uncle Tom, come and sit in the front. And you say, uh, Auntie Rosanna and Auntie Leticia, my daughters, who, who are your mother's aunties? You say, my daughters, come and sit in the front. I have two of my daughters, two of my daughters who are aunties and one son who is an uncle. They are all sitting in front. Lama Satabo Lavakovara. Oh, yes. And you see, Auntie Teresa will say, Papa, because they'll see you as a father. I say, Ah. How do you become a father? Not that you are letting them. You will be said, oh, don't say papa. But they say, oh, papa, you are our father. Small boy with a round face like this. It's amazing. Is it amazing? Is it fantastic? Is it supernatural? Sit down.